Hallelujah. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, we're going to put our hands together and we're going to praise God for what he's done and, and what he's already done and the things he's going to do. Lord, we just praise you. We give you honor. We give you glory. Lord, we just thank you for making ways out of no ways. God, you are the high priest. You are the high king. We cannot do anything without you in Jesus' name. Lord, we just thank you. The songs that you're getting ready to hear, we do not have right to this song, but still let it minister to your heart and think about the goodness of Jesus and where he has brought you from.
fishing. But through it all, all he wants to know is if you can declare tonight, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than that. You're bigger than that, Jesus. Put it all in your hands. I put it all in your hands. You won't leave me hanging. You won't leave me hanging. He's here to carry you tonight. He's here to lift your burden. He's here to lift your burden. We thank you that you're great in all the earth. We thank you, God, that you're bigger than COVID-19. God, you're bigger than any situation, any problem, God, that we may face. So, God, we just thank you, Father God. We thank you. We adore you. We magnify you. We exalt your name on high. God, we thank you for bringing us together once again. God, in spite of the situation, God, we thank you that your word is going forth, God that your word is going forth and people are being healed, delivered, and set free. God, I thank you, God, for the blind seeing. I thank you for the deaf hearing. I thank you for the lame walking. I thank you for incurable diseases being healed. I thank you, Father God, for tumors and growths disappearing. I thank you for the dead rising, God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the miraculous, God. And God, at the sound of my voice right now in Jesus' name, I command healing upon this nation in Jesus' name. I say, be healed, be made whole. By Jesus Christ, you are already healed. Healing has come to your home right now in the name of Jesus. Rise up off your bed of affliction. You are the healed of the Lord. Not going to be, but you're healed right now physically, financially, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the testimonies of people saying that they were miraculously healed, God. And they know, God, that it was by your power, God. Not by the might of men, God, but by your mighty hand, by your power. God, you shall be glorified, God, in this season that we're in. God, I thank you for people coming out wheelchairs, God. I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for the miraculous, God. You say signs and wonders shall follow those who believe. And the only thing, God, that they have to do is believe, God, in Jesus' name. So, God, I thank you for my helper and my teacher on tonight, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I know that you're here. So, Holy Spirit, do a work as this word goes forth. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for putting the power upon this word as it's as this going forth. And people's hearts are being changed towards God on tonight. And they're saying, what must I do to be saved? Father, I thank you that you said that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Send your labors out amongst the harvest in Jesus' name. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers on tonight, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel. Father, I thank you that I am crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So you will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been talking about 911, what's your emergency? So we're going to continually talk about this because there's a lot of people out there 
that do not know Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. And we want to make sure that everybody um, can go into the kingdom of God. And we know the only way that they can see or enter the kingdom of God, they must be born again. So we want to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to hear this good news, to hear the gospel, so they can say, what must I do to be saved? I was talking on last week or going over last week, why would God want people to be saved? And the reason why is because God does not want anybody to be lost. He don't want anybody to die in their sins. We went over uh, several scriptures that verified this. It was Ezekiel 18. Ezekiel um, 33, we went over um, Jeremiah 31, so it was a lot of scriptures we went over to verify that God does not want anybody lost in their sins, so he's still the same God today, yesterday, and forever, so he changed not, so the same thing that God said back in the old, God is still saying today. God loves us so much that he does not want us to die in our sins. And what we have to understand with the love of God, the love that God has for us, he does not look at what we done, how we done it, or when we done it. God loves us so much. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were in our sin, he died for us. Why? Because he loves us. Let me read it out, the Amplified. It says in Romans 5, 8, But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were yet sinners or still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. So God died for us even before, um, you know, we quit doing what we were doing. That's the love of God. That's unconditional love. We're so familiar with, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, shall not be lost, but have everlasting life. The thing is, is people believing in him. And that's where I'm going to go tonight um, again um, talking about sin. And I believe some of us, um, we're so comfortable in doing what we're doing, we think that we're okay. But if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not okay. You are lost. You are in a fallen world, and you are lost. Even though you're breathing, even though your health may be okay at this moment, or your finances may be okay, your children are okay, things on your job are okay, you are still lost. So we want to make sure that... um, you can um, be a part of the kingdom of God by giving you this good news in this gospel. Remember I said um, in the previous teachings that God does not want anyone to be lost. God says that he wants all of us to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's 1 Timothy 2.4. He said who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So he wants everybody to be saved. Don't think that you're left out because you may be addicted to drugs. You may be addicted to pornography. You may be addicted to a lot of things. Don't think that God is leaving you out because you think that you're the worst sinner in the world and God um, will not accept you. God has accepted you because of Jesus Christ, not because of you. That's the knowledge of the truth. The salvation that God offers is not based on you, it's based on Jesus Christ. So let's go into some more of the teaching and what God was showing me. He took me back to the book of Genesis. In Genesis 1, we see how God created the heavens and the earth. And if we would take the time and just meditate on how creation was before sin entered, um, we can really be so appreciative to to the love of the father we know that god created the heavens and the earth and we know that everything that god wanted um, to be it was and it was good the bible said it was very good so we know that god's creation was good there was no evil in it there was no sickness there was no disease there was no depression there was no oppression sin represent all of those things and a lot more things so that was not in the garden of eden We know that Adam and Eve messed up, and as they messed up, they tried to cover themselves. And this is what we try to do. When we mess up, we try to cover it. We try to make it better ourselves. That's self-righteousness. And 
when we're in him, we don't have to do that because Jesus has already covered us. Matter of fact, he didn't only cover, atone, cover the sin. He done away with the sin. So quit trying to fix things yourself. Quit trying to make things better. God has already done that through Jesus Christ. So when we go back to the book of Genesis, the first and second and third chapters, we can see, you know, what God did. We can see what happened through Satan coming in. And taking back what God had given Adam and Eve. And what did he give them? He gave them dominion. He gave them the right to rule and reign on this earth. The enemy did not want them to rule and reign. And he does not want you to rule and reign. He does not want you to have dominion. So he took that right. How did he take it? By twisting the word of God. And I believe this is what's happening during this crisis. The word of God is being twisted. Some people are telling you it's okay for you to continue doing what you're doing. No, it's not okay. Because if God gave his son to do away with sin, why do we still want to participate in sin? Whoever is telling you that lie, they're operating through the kingdom of darkness. God is about light. And where there is light, there is no darkness. The light exposes and it expels the darkness. So that light is going to come in and it's going to take care of that darkness. This is why God said, let there be light. And there was light. And that light was good. So God is a good God. And the goodness of God is what leads to repentance. Not what we do, but his goodness is what leads to repentance. So we see after they did sin, um, we see that they had to leave out of that garden. And the reason why they had to leave out of that garden because they had a sin nature and that sin nature represented evil and they could not stay in the garden of Eden and be upon that tree of life because that tree of life if they ate from that tree then they would have been in a sinful state and they would have lived forever in sin God didn't want that so he sent them out of the garden and we know in Genesis 4 I'm gonna try to go through this quickly we see that Adam and Eve Um, They began to have children. They had Cain. They had um, Abel. They had two boys. One was um, Cain. He, you know, was like a farmer. Abel, he dealt with um, the sheep and, and things of that nature. He dealt with that. So they were bringing an offering to God. We see that Cain bought God, you know, the first fruits of his land. But Abel bought him the first of his sheep. And what Abel did, he was keeping that blood covenant between him and God because without the shedding of blood, there's no remissions of sin. So I believe that Adam had to tell him what was required dealing with God. So Abel did it. King did not do it. And by King seeing that God was pleased with Abel, he became rejected. He became jealous of his brother and he ended up killing his brother. So what God ended up telling Cain that I love about this so much, he told Cain, he noticed how Cain's continence was. And see, he had an angry continence. Sometimes on our face, people know when we don't look right. I know one thing about me and my husband. He said, my face tell all. Sometimes we don't realize what our face is saying, even though we're not saying anything. We may not say nothing um, with our mouth, but our faith, face is saying everything. And I'm going to say this. I'm not ashamed to admit at times you can get frustrated, you can get agitated, you can get aggravated, you get all of those things in front of you, all of those isms and those ites, I'm going to call them ites, it go from one level to another, so when you're married a long time, that spouse, that man and that woman know those looks, I know when I was growing up and um, I would do something that wasn't right, and y'all, we already know when we do something that's not right, We know that it's not going to be pleasing to our parents. So when we do it, we're looking for them to do something. We're looking for them to spank us. We're looking for them to ground us. We're looking for something. We're ready to suffer the consequences because we know that we was wrong. I know with my daddy, he didn't have to spank me with a belt or spank me with a switch. And some people call that child abuse. But the Bible tells you that spare the rod or you're going to spoil the child. Now, it don't tell you to take that rod and beat him to death. No, ma'am. It don't tell you to do that. But daddy would look at me and I wish that he had got a switch or a belt because his face showed all and it told all. So if I saw how his face looked, I wouldn't say nothing. I would just humble myself 
and just take whatever he had to say. So when it, this is what God was telling Cain. Um, it was saying this in um, Genesis, the fourth chapter, and it says in verse six, and the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? So God know his children, and he could see how Cain was looking. Um, he, he saw how Cain was looking, and this is what God says. He said, if thou does well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou does not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So what he was saying is, Cain, I see the anger on your face. He says, sin is lying at the door. He said, don't you know if you do well, you're going to be accepted. So God was saying that when we obey in what God tell us to do, we already accepted. You know, because we're following his command. But then when we get outside of his command, it's in sin. So sin is lying at the door waiting on us to uh, uh, capture us in something that we don't supposed to be doing. So his anger had him, his jealousy had him, his rejection had him. But God said, you can master sin. Don't let sin master you. But what did Cain choose to do? He chose to kill his brother because he was rejected. He was angry. And we know that when, you, when you're so angry, it comes through jealousy. And jealousy is cruel as the grave. So when we don't deal with that anger, we end up doing things that we should not be doing in that sin. So the reason why I'm going there, we know that Cain killed his brother through jealousy. But then after that, Cain began to have his descendants. His bloodline began to come through him. Now remember, sin was un upon the earth. The earth was just evil. So when his descendants came through Cain, we see that he had, I guess it was a grandson or a great-grandson, I don't know. But when he had him, his, his, this um, grandson, he began to do just like Cain. He said, if Cain, let me go in here and read it to you. He said, if Cain slew, his name was in verse 19, it was Lamech, Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was, I don't even know that name, Ada, and the name of the other was Zela. And this is, he bore children, but this is what he did. I want to get down to what, verse 24 and Genesis chapter 4. He said, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfolds, truly Lamech, Seventy and sevenfold. So what he was saying, he slain a man. For I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. So he was bragging on what he did and he was basing it on Cain. So that was Cain's generation. This is what was happening in Cain's generation. They were so evil, you know, because sin was upon um, in the world. But when we get to Genesis 5, we see that Adam and Eve end up having another son. And that son was Seth. That, that goes from chapter 4, Genesis 4, 25, and it goes on into chapter 5. So they end up having another um, son. His name was Seth. Seth was righteous in his generation. And through Seth's generation, Seth, they were righteous people. So we see Cain's generation was evil. Seth's generation, they was righteous. So Seth was the righteous seed. So, you know, if he was the righteous seed, he's going to raise his generation up to be righteous. Why am I going through all of that? You're going to see. Let's go to Genesis, the sixth chapter. And this is where I want to start tonight. Genesis 6. And I'm going to read out the expanded Bible. Genesis 6, verses 1 through 8. It says, The number of people on earth began to grow, multiply, and daughters were born to them. So what this is saying that people began to multiply upon the earth. So they were coming through Adam and coming through Eve. So they began to multiply upon the earth. And it says in verse 2, When the sons of God saw that these girls, it says, were beautiful, they married any of them they chose. So what this is saying now, remember, you had Cain's generation and you had the generation of Seth. You had some that come through Cain, you had some that come through Seth. So Cain's was the ungodly. Seth was the godly. So we see both of these were upon the earth. And what happened, Seth, the godly generation, began looking at these women 
who was um, evil, actually, upon uh, Cain's generation. They saw how beautiful they were, and they began to take these women as their wives based on how they looked because I guess they say, you know, I want that one. They were choosing that one. Now, look what's happening in the world today. We have people that are born again, and we have um, the sinners, the unsaved. When you become born again, you don't just go out there and pull a wife or pull a husband from the world and say, we're going to be good together. You don't do that. You want to make sure that you and that um, wife, both of y'all are saved. The man and the woman are saved. The woman and the man is saved. This is what was happening back here with um, Cain and, and the people of uh, Seth. So they end up marrying these, these women. And then it says in verse 3, After they end up marrying these women, it said, The Lord said, My spirit will not remain in human beings forever because they are flesh. They will live only 120 years. So what God was saying, he said, My spirit cannot dwell in these people because they are evil. Remember, God's spirit left Adam and Eve when they sinned in the Garden of Eden. And the reason why is because he told them, If you eat from this tree... Remember that tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, if you eat from this tree, you shall surely die. He was not talking about a physical death. He was talking about a spiritual death because what God did, we were spiritual beings. He created us in his likeness and in his image. But then he created a body from the dust of the ground. He blew his spirit into that body and that body became a a living soul so that's why we're spirit soul and body but when they sinned the spirit of God the life of God left that body it didn't um, kill that body physically but it killed that body spiritually God could not dwell in a person that was full of sin because God hates sin he hates sin but he loves the sinner this is why the word of God says in Isaiah 59 I believe we went over this too When it says that your iniquity have separated you from God and your sins have caused him to hide his face from you. Can you imagine? God is a holy God. God cannot even look upon sin. So this is why I'm saying some of us out there that are Christians, we're saying that we love Jesus, but we're still participating in ungodly acts. We're still doing things that we should not do. So when you look at Genesis 6, when when God was saying that his spirit was not going to dwell, it's because God's spirit is not going to dwell in an unclean temple. So when we go to verse 4, this is what verse 4 is saying. It's saying that, I'm going to go over here in, in King James. It said, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old men of re-owned. Now what this is saying, people are taking that verse and saying that the angels that got kicked out of heaven begin to have sex with people down, women down here on earth, and this is how we got giants upon the earth. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Remember I went through the Bible and it showed you it was King's generation, it was Seth's generation. King's generation was evil because they come through Cain. Then there was another generation that came through Seth, which was a godly generation. These were the sons of God. These were the ones that were living godly before God. What they did, they came in with Cain's generation. And part of Cain's generation, I'm going to give you the scripture on this. Go with me to Numbers 13, 33. Numbers 13, 33. It says in the um, expanded, they called them Nephthalim, something like that, fallen ones. The significance of the name is unclear. Where on the earth in those days and also later... That was when the sons of God had sexual relations with the daughters of human beings. Okay, it says these women gave birth to children who became famous and were the mighty warriors of long ago. So this is what this is saying. When you go to Numbers thirteen thirty three, this is what Numbers is saying. Remember when they went, you may not remember if you haven't been in the word of God, so I'm not going to say remember because some of y'all hadn't been there yet. So in Numbers 13, what this is talking about is when God told them to go out and search the land. 
God had given them that land, but he wanted them to go out and search the land to see, you know, what was on that land. So they were searching the land, and you had 12 tribes. One person out of each tribe was searching the land. Ten of those came back with the evil report. The only two that had the good report was Caleb and Joshua. When they came back, this is what they said. It says, uh, Numbers 13, 33. There we saw giants, the son of Anak, who come from the giants and were in our own sights as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. So what God was saying here is, what, what he was saying here is, those giants come from Cain's generation. When you go back and you go through the Bible, you will see where they come from. They come from Cain's generation. They were big men. So by them being big, y'all know this, if you got a big, huge man in a family, amen, Brother Willie, you got a big man in the family that look like a giant, when he sleep with a woman, he going to have some giants because it's going to be taken after him. Them big hands, them big feet, right, honey? Big hands, big, I'm picking on my husband and brother Willie because my husband got some big feet, y'all. But I love them feet. Anyway, you're going to have some um, giants in the family. That's why I call my son Jolly Green Giant because he took after um, my granddaddy's side of the family when my granddaddy was very tall. So, see, some people are saying, no, it was the angels. Now, if you go through your Bible, this is what the Word of God says. I'm going to tell you about the angels. Now, Matthew 22, verse 30. Matthew 22, verse 30. This is what it says. This is what Jesus was saying. When people rise from the dead at the resurrection, they will not marry. Y'all hear that? When you rise up, when you're resurrected, we will not have marriages in heaven. Y'all hear that, right? Willie, you won't have Noodle over there. You won't have Denise, okay? Nor would they be given to someone to marry. Everybody understand that? Guess what he said? They will be like the angels in heaven. You're not going to be producing no kids with no angels. Y'all hear me? So this is what the angels cannot produce kids. God created them just as angels. He said, you're going to be like the angels in heaven. So people are saying that this is what happened. When those angels fell from heaven with Satan, they come to earth and they had sex with these women. Y'all, that's a bunch of bull, as they say. They had sex with these angel, with these women, and then they produced these big nephilims, whatever you call them. And this is why we this is going on on earth. But it's not, because God says in his word that angels um, will not marry, and we will be like the angels in, in heaven. So we have to go by what the word of God is saying. So I'm glad that's cleared up, but I believe some people are still going to go on what they have read or what people try to prove. The Bible speaks for itself. So we see that part dealing with how they um, came together. And another thing dealing with these angels. Y'all, a spirit, an angel is like a spirit. I got an angel up here with me right now. And the only way you see that angel is to be in the spirit. That's the only way you're going to see that angel is to be in the spirit. And I guess this needs to tell you about one she saw and she saw it. <laughs> she saw that angel. So you, you God allow you to see your angel. But guess what, y'all? An angel, what I look at too with these fallen angels. Now, we say that they were fallen angels. So that means they're demons, right? So you tell me, remember when Jesus was in, the, um, in there and this man had legions. He had these legions. They were demons on the inside of him. See, those demons have to inhabit a body. They have to take on a body in order to control that body. They have to have a temple. Remember what Satan does. He mimics God. So God needed a temple for him to dwell into, and we're his temple. So what Satan needs, he needs a temple to do his dirty work. This is why you have witches and warlocks and soothsayers and all of this, is because Satan needs a body that he can inhabit, inhabit to carry out his wickedness and his evilness. Now, remember in the Bible, I keep saying remember. Some of y'all, if you don't read your Bible, you, I can't tell you to remember. But anyway, when you go into the Word of God and it tells you about how Jesus um, was telling that legion to come out. It was many of them. 
they asked Jesus to go into the swine. They needed a body, y'all. They said, you know, allow us to go into the swine. Look, they had to listen to Jesus' command. They went into those swine. The swine took off and they drowned. They literally died. So for people to say that these angels had sex with these women and they created children, that's a lie. Anyway, we're going to skip that because I'm going too deep into it. So when we get to verse 5, go back to Genesis 6, verse 5. And then it says... The Lord saw that human beings on earth was very wicked and everything that they thought about, he said, every inclination of their mind and heart was evil and wicked. So the Lord saw, y'all, can y'all imagine this? We got a father who loves us so much. We have a father who created the heavens and the earth the way he wanted it to be for us to inhabit, for us to have dominion over. And the Bible says, And the Lord saw that the humans being on the earth was very wicked and everything they thought about in their mind and their heart was evil. Can you imagine how he felt as our father? He created us. God is the one that made us. And now he's seeing the wickedness. He's seeing the evil upon the earth that's coming from his children that he created. Can you imagine how father feel? I don't know about you, but... With me, with, when I was growing up and, you know, when you're taught well and you're living in a, a godly house, I can imagine how my dad felt. I can imagine how my grandfather and grandmother felt when they knew they raised me or raised the other ones the right way. And then they would hear these things that was going on with them. So this is how Jesus, um, the father was. He said, so he said this in verse 6. He was sorry. He regretted he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. God's heart was filled with pain. He was sorry. He regretted that he made man because God loved us so much and for man to have all this evil. In the King James it says, um, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The wickedness was so great that every imagination of his thought, heart, and mind was evil continually. All they thought about was sin, sin, sin. All they imagined was sin, sin, sin. Why? Because they had a um, evil nature. They had a nature that was corrupt. They had a sinful nature in them. And their way of living was normal. So when we go to verse 7... Verse 7, it says, so the Lord said, I will destroy, wipe out, exterminate all human beings that I have made and created. Now, God did this, but let me go on, on the earth, and I will destroy every animal and everything that crawls, creeps on the earth, and the birds of the air, the sky, the heavens, because I am sorry. Regret I have made them. Now, look at this. A loving God who created things the way he wanted them to be. When he looked at his creation and how evil it was, it regretted God. It it brought pain to him in his heart. So he said, I am sorry that I have created, you know, the human beings, the animals upon this earth. He said, I'm going to have to wipe them out. Why? Because God hates sin, y'all. So this is the first time that this was done in the earth when God literally destroyed everything that he had created because he had so much pain. In his heart, dealing with his creation, he said, no, it shouldn't be this way. They're thinking sin. They're living in sin. All all they're doing is sin, 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 and they don't see it. But guess what verse 9 says? But Noah, please, found grace, favor in the eyes of the Lord. It is always someone out there, y'all, that is willing to do what God would have them to do. And that one was um, Noah. And it says that dealing with Noah, um, God saw how righteous Noah was so he could use Noah to carry out his plan and his purpose. We have a lot of people that God is using in spite of what's going on on this earth. God is using um, Noah. But I want to share this with you. Dealing with Noah, God gave Noah what he would have Noah to do. God had Noah to make an ark for him his wife, his sons, their wives, and the animals to go into. Now, God told Noah, these are the people I want in this ark. 
See, God already know who's going to accept him. He already know who's not going to accept him. But it's not because God did not give them truth. It's not because God did not um, preach unto them the good news, the gospel, on living a righteous life. Let's go to 2 Peter verse 2, verse 5. 2 Peter. Well, no, I'm going to go somewhere else first. Go to Matthew 24, 37 through 39. And the reason why I'm breaking this down is because I want you to understand that God is so loving. He do not want nobody to be lost. Even though they were so wicked, even though they were just doing stuff they shouldn't do. This is what the Bible say in Matthew 24, 37 through 39 expanded. When the son of man comes. It will be like what happened during Noah's time. In those days before the flood, people were eating and drinking. Now, part of this eating and drinking, we know people were getting drunk, but it was gluttony. Did y'all not know that gluttony is a sin? Those people were just eating, 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 and being merry. Gluttony, y'all, is a sin. You know, we always, and I'm, I'm going to have to start here, we always looking at other people and saying, you need to quit fornicating. You need to quit committing adultery. What you need to say is you need to quit eating. That's gluttony. It's a sin. So all of us have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. We're always trying to find something in somebody's life to make them look bad. But if you are not pushing away from the table, you're still in sin. He who is not in faith is in sin. So I want to clear that up. So this is what they were doing. People were eating and drinking, marrying and giving their children to be married until the day Noah entered the boat. Now see, Noah was preaching righteousness unto these people. And I'm going to prove it to you through scripture. But these people were so interested in, I believe they were saying, party over here, party over here. They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying um, you know, just giving in marriage, divorcing, you know, it's so many people that get married, say, I love you, baby, you the one for me. And they're divorced in less than six months because they're finding out, no, this ain't the one for me. So then they, before that heart get mended, they go find somebody else to marry. Cause guess what the problem is? The root is they are rejected. They don't feel love. So they're trying to fill that void in their life. So they're trying to look for that perfect man and that perfect woman. You're not going to find them. The only one that you can really depend on is Jesus. And when you make him the Lord of your life, when you make him the one and only, then you will know whom you need to be with and whom you don't need to be with. Because you got some people out here that's fooling you. They're trying to make you think that you're this, you that, you all this and that, and then they leave you. But this is what was happening in Noah's time. So the Bible's saying, and I, um, the reason why I'm saying this too, is happening now. During this COVID-19, during this crisis, people are getting so comfortable in what they're doing, they're taking this as nothing. They're still eating, they're still drinking, they're still partying, they're still marrying, they're still divorcing, they're still doing these things just like in the day of Noah because they don't have no fear of God. They're thinking that they're okay. So when you go to verse 39, it says this in Matthew 24, 39, they knew, understood nothing about what was happening until the flood came and destroyed them, took, swept them all away. It will be the same when the son of man comes. So in second Peter two, five, I want to show you where Noah was preaching unto them and they weren't even hearing Noah. Second Peter two, verse five says, and God punished the world long ago, did not spare the ancient world, when he brought a flood to the world that was full of people who were against him, the ungodly. But God saved, protected, kept Noah, who preached about being right with God, a preacher of righteousness, and seven other people with him. So we see that Noah did preach on righteousness. He told them about righteousness, but they would not accept what Noah was saying. So when God told Noah to build that ark, and after Noah got that ark built, God told him who to take in that ark. And you can find that in Genesis 7. If you read Genesis 7, it's going to tell you what the Lord told Noah to do. Go back and read over that. So Noah did everything that God told him to do. In verse 5 in Genesis 7, it said, 
Noah did everything the Lord commanded him. And after Noah did it, God shut the door to that ark. What am I telling you? It's, it's uh, like in the Bible, it talks about the ten virgin virgins five was foolish five was wise the five foolish ones didn't keep oil in their lamp they went to sleep with the the five that was wise and when the bridegroom was coming back to get them this is what they did the ones that had oil in their lamp they rose up to meet the bridegroom they and then the ones that didn't have oil that mean if it was no oil there was darkness there they didn't have time to go get their oil for their lamps. Guess what they wanted to do? They wanted to get some from Brother Willie. And Brother Willie said, no, no, you got to get your own. This is for me. So the five that was wise went to meet the bridegroom. When they went to meet the bridegroom, the door was shut, just like the door in the ark was shut. It was closed. They're going to knock on the door, and he said, I know you not. And this is what's happening to the world today. You got a lot of people that say that they know him, but the Bible say everybody that say, Lord, Lord, does not know him. So you want to make sure that you know the Lord. It's, see, what we do is we put on these masks and we're telling people that we're saved. I want to give you a nugget. If you have to keep telling people that you saved, you need to check your salvation because you ain't sure of it yourself. The life that you live is is bringing forth the glory of God. It's bringing forth the characteristics of God. It's bringing forth his nature, his likeness. So God want us to present him to the world. He want us to be representatives of Jesus Christ. He want our lights to shine. And by our light shining, they're going to see our good works and it's going to glorify the Father which is in heaven. And that's what God want. So we see that Noah and them went into the boat with the ark and God shut the door now I'm going to go into in Genesis the 8th chapter after God shut the door we know after they were on that ark for a certain um, period of time you can go back and read it in Genesis 8 verse 20 I'm reading the expanded Bible Genesis 8 verse 20 through 22 says then Noah built an altar a place to offer sacrifice to the Lord he took some of all the clean birds and animals and he burned them on the altar as an offering to the lord verse 21 the lord was pleased with these sacrifices he smelt the sweet savor smell and said to himself in his heart i will never again curse the ground because of human beings their thoughts the inclinations of their hearts are evil even when from the time they were young but i will never again destroy every living thing on the earth as i did this time as long as the earth continues, planting and harvest cold and hot summer and winter, day and night will not stop. So what God was saying, he will never destroy the earth again. When Noah took and he burnt that animal on that altar, Noah was um, burning it because of sin. And remember, that was showing God that the only way you can come to God is, you know, blood had to be shed because it was life in the blood. So through Noah's generation, God was starting over again with the earth. And if you go back into 9, I believe he was telling Noah, this is what I want you to do. In chapter 9, he said, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Look how God was starting all over again. So why did I say all of this? When you go back and you look at all the evil that was upon the earth, and how it hurt God's heart to see all of this going on, knowing that God is a good God. God is not about evil. God is not about death. He's about life. And how God had to wipe out that whole generation except Noah's house. You know, Noah's household. And the animals that he told Noah to put upon that ark. God was starting all over again. God is a loving God. He's a merciful God. He gave them an opportunity to repent. He used Noah to, to preach righteousness unto them. I believe it's a lot of people out there that's preaching righteousness unto you. I believe they're telling you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God has given you an opportunity to come to him just as you are. If you're trying to clean yourself up, guess what? You'll never come to God. 
because God allowed Jesus to take on your sin. He who knew no sin became sin for you, became sin for me, so we could become the righteousness of God through him. God does not see you. He sees his son. But the only way you can get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. John 14 says he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father unless he come through me. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the door. The only way you're going to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Not through your works. Not through coming to church. Not through doing good works. Yes, it's good that you help people. Yes, it's good that you say you want to come to the house of God. But if you come into the house of God just to get brownie points with God, no, that's not going to work. God said your good works is not going to get you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is that door, which is Jesus. When you accept what Jesus have done for you. Jesus paid the price that you could not pay, that I could not pay. So we could be righteous, so we could be justified, sanctified, reconciled, redeemed, just as if we had not sinned. God does not see you. He sees Jesus. It is time for change. Do not sit in your house, houses in lockdown, searching the internet, listening to these different preachers, and your heart is still hardened because you think you're okay. You're listening to the word, but you're going back to the same thing. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to think that you're okay. He wants you to think, oh, this is just affecting the old people. It's not affecting the young. The devil is a liar. Do not look at yourself because you are under the age of 70 that you're okay if you are lost you are not okay the enemy wants you to think you can't get it because you under this age you can't get it because you don't have no health issues no COVID-19 is after whomever will let them come so I'm here to tell you tonight if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior now is your time 911, what's your emergency? It is lost souls on tonight. And that's what we're here for to let you know that God loves you. And I'm going to have Brother Willie Bryant to come up tonight and minister salvation unto those that are lost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you tonight, Lord, for this word that went forth on tonight. And to everyone that's out there that have watched this broadcast on tonight, those uh, that's in the need of a savior, savior, we just ask that <clears throat> that you repeat after me. And the Bible said that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of your sin, that you will be saved. Amen. And I believe that in some point, one point or another, that God have dealt with every person upon the face of this earth about their salvation. Because God would not be a good God if he haven't in some way dealt with you about your sin. Amen. So if you know tonight that God have dealt with, dealt with you in some kind of way about your sin, all you have to do is repeat after me and say, Father God. Father God. In the blessed name of your son, Jesus Christ, I confess that I am a sinner. And Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for all of my sin. And Lord, I believe that he rose the third day, Lord. And Father God, I ask of you, Lord, to forgive me, Lord, for all of my sin. Lord, this I believe in my heart, Lord, and I'm confessing it unto you with my mouth, Lord. And Father God, we just thank you for saving uh, those, Lord, that have confessed this prayer. We just give you glory. And to those that just uh, confess this prayer and believe that Jesus uh, is the Son of God, we don't want you to just stop on just uh, saying uh, confessing this prayer. We want you to find a, a good church so you can be taught. you got to be fed. This is like a baby. When a baby is born... That baby's got to have milk, Amen. and that baby's got uh, got to have some type of food. Amen. So just like you, use a, use a, a baby in Christ tonight. You got to be fed. Your spirit has got to be fed. 
Because if you continue to go on without feeding your spirit, five years down the road, you're going to be just like you was the day that you got saved, not knowing anything about the uh, uh, about Jesus Christ. And remember this, Bible study is very important. Sunday school is very important. Amen. So uh, find you a good church to attend. In Jesus' name, amen. To God be the glory. We thank God for your invitation into the kingdom of God, and we thank God that you have accepted that invitation. Whosoever will, let him come. God does not have any respectable person. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Amen. So we thank God for those that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you do not have a church that you can go into, a household of God that you can go into to be taught. Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry is here to help you, um, you know, to get where you need to be with your new life now that you're in Christ. So just um, you can contact us through our website at mtdm.org or you can go to Facebook and contact us there. And we're here to help you with all of your spiritual needs um, now that you are born again. Also, I want to say that we do have a ministry app that you can download on your phone, and it is Church by Ministry One. It's Church by Ministry One. Look us up on that app, and you can, um, you know, give offerings um, through that app. Miracle Temple, you can do your tithes, but Church by Ministry One. So we give God glory for that. So at this time, I'm going to um, ask Athea to come up with our announcements um, so you'll know what's going on here at Miracle Temple. And I want to thank everyone who participated in our 20th uh, year church anniversary. I tell you, God has been so good to us for these 20 years, and I know it's much more to come. And I know this because he's doing exploits here at Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry. And do you know why? Because we know him. Last thing, if you are searching the internet, if you're on Facebook, please do not get caught up in false gospel. If you're not in the word of God the way you need to be, the Bible says that they would even fool the elect. You have to know what God's word is saying so when you're hearing this, you won't be taking it um, for, what is, for what is not. You know, some things that you take is not of God. You got to know the difference. So be careful during this time, during this crisis, pulling up everybody to get you a feel-good pill. You need to get it for yourself. When you get it for yourself, if you're pulling something up, you're going to know what's of God and what's not of God. So I bind that spirit of error that's running through the nation during this time, and I loose the spirit of truth. I loose that the fivefold rise up like never before. I loose that the disciples rise up like never before. I loose that the army of God rise up, rise up like never before. And I bind all demonic forces that's out there that's trying to set up a kingdom on Facebook, Roku, um, what else is it? All social media in the name of Jesus was hidden. I speak that it is revealed right now in Jesus name. Amen. These are our announcements. We praise God for you being with us at CLEM tonight. Until further notice, we will be using our live stream, Facebook, and conference calls for services in CLEM School of Ministry. Sunday service will broadcast at 11 a.m. and CLEM at Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And on Sunday, we will also have our, our drive-in service so come and join us you if you were with us sunday you know we had a good time so come on out come on out again this sunday and be here by 10 45 a.m thank you if you do not have access to the internet you can call in at 717 we're not using excuse me we're, we're not, not using, using it i'm sorry no more call in uh but you can also send your tithes and offerings to www.mtdm.org you can also use cash app at the dollar sign MTDM20, or mail it to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, P.O. Box 1042, Burgard, North Carolina, 28425. And again, we thank you for being with us. Amen. Amen. 
And to God be the glory, Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry, know that we love you with the love of God. And to next time, be blessed. To God be the glory.